This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They update daily. Like I said, they got comic books. They got signed sports memorabilia from anything you could think of, from hockey to football to pro wrestling. You name it, they have it. They'll ship worldwide. So please visit firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Galaga, World of Warcraft, Super Mario Brothers 3, and so many others everything on their website is available in paperback and ebook format so please check it out and check out previous episodes with authors from boss fight books again that's bossfightbooks.com and if you want to support me directly please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com scroll down on today's device it's embedded right there click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store i got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs to phone cases anything you need or want it is there but if you don't want to do any of that or support any of the cause monetarily the most easiest thing the freest thing thing it takes you two seconds please people is rate subscribe review on all major platforms most specifically apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. so my next guest has been on the tonight show with jay leno chelsea lately last comic standing he has a ton of specials on amazon he is his most recent special is available on ufc fight pass writer comic and actor returning guest and one of the funniest people i know adam hunter Ah, uh, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you. What's going on? What's up? Life is good, man. I'm in uh, Reno doing stand-up comedy. Uh, okay. Full crowds are back, which is awesome. Right. Um, and it's like no masks in LA. Everyone has to wear a mask. Okay. So you don't even know if you're, you're getting like if someone's laughing or they're just squinting. <laughs> you can base it like based on their eyes, right. like you know. Um, if they have Botox, or you're fucked. Oh, uh, but it's, uh, it's good. It's good to have like full crowds, you know? Are you paranoid though of catching anything? Are you one of those guys or you're like, nah, va- everyone's starting to get vaccinated. If it happens, it happens. Uh, you know, I've been vaccinated. Um, I'm pretty healthy. Like as far as I, mean, I could be healthier, but like I work out sure. five, six days a week, you know? Um, and, uh, no, I'm not worried about me getting it. I'm worried about getting it and then giving it to somebody else, you know? Oh, That's, okay. It's more about me getting it and giving it to my mother-in-law or giving it to my kid, right, right. my wife, you know, um, people that are like, so that's, 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 the, that, that's, that's more, you know, what I'd be worried about. Not me. I think I, I'm pretty sure I can handle it. I mean, knock on wood, but it's just somebody who, you know, maybe who is close to me, who isn't in as good a shape or isn't as healthy or whatever. So how about the zoom shows? Did that actually hold you over or were you like, fuck, I need everything to go back to normal as quick as possible, man. I mean, the Zoom shows is like, if you like doing stand-up comedy without hearing laughter. Oh, uh, okay. But, sure. I mean, a lot of times you literally are muting people. Um, <laughs> it was good because it was like the same crowds coming every week, so it was forcing me to write because I don't want to do the same act. Oh, and sure. when I had the UFC comedy special, uh, I had to like, 
it was mid pandemic, you know, I sure. shot it in was it October, November or something. Mm-hmm. So literally like I had to like get my stuff out and unless you're doing it and you're seeing people laugh or hearing laughter, it's like muscle memory. You know, you have to keep doing it over and over again. You don't want right. to be doing a special and it's like the first time you're saying these words. I mean, some people might want to do that, but that's just not me. You know, I like to be confident that nine out of 10 times this joke will get a laugh, you know, or eight out of 10 times. So that was hard. And then also like having the, but also you have your material on the side of the screen. So that's like, you have like a, a built-in cheat sheet, um, which you don't have when it's like a live crowd. But the Zoom shows were great as far as like that. And also because when I did that MMA comedy special, you know, like 25, 30 minutes were just about MMA alone. Right. So I needed a place to work out that material. So it was cool because I would just hit people up like you or, you know, people that I knew that were fans of com- fans of mixed martial arts. And be sure. like, hey, because like even now, like I'm doing another special for the UFC and okay. I'm trying to prepare it, yada, yada. And it's hard sometimes when it's uh, crowds that aren't MMA specific mm. just because like they'll start laughing but i could see them like <laughs> you're asking a lot you know it's like hey if i do a joke about chris weidman breaking his leg which which i wouldn't do but i'd be like you know chris weidman's leg is so broke it has an only fans account like let's say that's like the joke right um as soon as i say chris weidman people are like huh you know i could just go who True. you know so it's and then, and then you're like, oh, he's the well, if I explain, he's a guy that broke his leg and a terrible leg injury, you know. Unless you actually see the injury, you, you don't understand yeah, that, how bad it is. Exactly. So, you know, I had a joke about like Sean O'Malley got a six nine tattoo, right. you know, the other day, and I'm like, well, it's actually a tattoo of the rapper, and you know, what his next opponent's going to be ranked, <laughs> right? So, but unless you know who Sean O'Malley is, and you know that he fought a guy that that wasn't ranked, it's, it's a lot, you know, but if you're exactly. an MMA fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's hard to get, you know, I'm in Reno and I would say this probably about, you know, each show has about 10, you know, hardcore MMA fans, but then there's like 150 people in the crowd or 200 people. So like, am I going to do a show, a joke with those 10 people? It's kind of selfish, you know, sure. versus a joke about my kid where people can relate to having kids, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but uh, you, but the good thing about MMA, there's still that those big stars. Like I'm sure everyone knows who Conor McGregor is. So if if you have a rolodex of Conor McGregor jokes, I'm sure you could try at least those out, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Conor McGregor cocaine jokes or <laughs> McGregor, you know, knee jokes. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, or when Ronda Rousey was the star, you know, true, exactly. But even, even that, but if I'm but if I'm getting into like Paige Van Zandt, Rachel Osovich, right. you'd be surprised. It's it's specific territory. People are like. They don't know who Rachel Ostovich is. In fact, Rachel Ostovich could like walk into a room right now, uh, into the casino, and very few people would know who, who, who it is. Honestly, that's true. They wouldn't yeah. recognize her. Um, McGregor would walk in from us, fucking Conor McGregor. You know, right? Um, just probably even John Jones could walk through the casino. I would say once people start looking, other people looking, but you know, he's arguably the greatest fighter of all time, and I would say not everyone would know who he is. That's not true. even probably, you know, thirty percent. I think. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's so true. So how did this whole UFC thing come about? Like, did you contact them? Did they contact you? And plus, it's the only special ever on UFC Fight Pass, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working with the UFC for a long time. Um, I, you know, I'm working with them, like, not like, on and off. Okay. Like, uh, in 2013, maybe 2012, they contacted me. And I was doing those videos for the for the the events. So for three, four years, I did MMA Roaster videos. Like, hey, next week, we got UFC, you know, you know, you'll see, see 84 is coming up. I mean, it was like, right. we were going back. And then, um, and then I worked, you know, so I always had a, a good relationship with them. And then that's how MMA Roasted started was like, I would write a hundred jokes. Cause people don't realize that like people think that when you, you do your act, mm. you know, it's different when you're doing kind of long form comedy or if you're doing storytelling, sure. it's a little different because, uh, you know, it's just, it's different. But if you, I'm like a quick old school throwback, set up joke, set up punchline comic, you know? So for every, you know, for every joke that works, there's going to be seven that don't, you know, um, sense, or yeah. they may not work, but they're just not going to work as well as the other ones, you know? And, and you want to load your, you basically, I like, but like to grade my jokes, like, <laughs> okay, this is a, all right, this is a single, this is a double, triple home run, you know? Sure. And, you know, the home run is like, the, ah, and then the, the, and the, the, and the singles like, uh, you know, you get a laugh, but, but like a lot of times the single leads to the double leads to the home run. You're building the set, you know, you're, you're like, you're building the, the joke in the bit. Well, um, you know, a lot of times I would come up with a hundred jokes, but they would have to approve them and they'd be like, okay, here, here are the, the nine that we like. 
So now, you know, now I have 91 jokes that I just fucking wasted. And as a comic, especially me, who's like a, a hoarder, I hate to hate throwing shit away like, uh, just in general in my life. Sure. And I'm like, fuck, man, like, man, that sucks that 91 jokes are not going to be fucking. <laughs> so that's, uh, so I started the, the M.A. Rose Twitter account. I'm right. like, oh, all the jokes that I just put, wouldn't make them, I would just dump on there. And a lot of times, like, jokes are funny because there are times, like, I'll write a tweet and, like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, like, the funniest tweet ever. Like, I, I got, like, 3,000 fucking retweets on this or whatever it is, like, 8,000 retweets. And then I do it on stage and I get crickets. You know, like, I literally people are just like, huh? And then I, then there's a, a, a joke that, like, gets three retweets mm. and four likes. But it fucking murders on stage. Yeah, and a lot weird. of times it's just because the passion behind the joke or what you're saying or how you're saying it or something's just not meant to be said out loud. You know, I used to have an acting coach that like people would like, you know, he was like a real, he was like Denzel Washington's coach. He oh, was, wow. This guy, Win, this guy, Win Handman, he was Dustin Hoffman's coach. You had to have like, you had to like audition three times to get into his class. Like he wasn't, sure. he wouldn't take anybody. Okay. And people would like, and people would bring in like, you know, you know, Neil Simon and he would like, you know, or, you know, Arthur Miller and he, he, you could tell he just, he'd love it. And then someone would be like, uh, oh, this is a, you know, this is the thing that my friend wrote and, and we're working on it. And then he would be like, these words are not meant to be said out loud. Like he was just oh like God. fucking, he would be like, that, this is not <laughs> like, he would fucking go crazy. Right. It was like, and I fucking loved him for it. I mean, granted, he was like in his eighties. Wow. He wasn't exactly, it wasn't exactly his, his genres and them, but, um, I understand what he was trying to say, though, because sure. it happens with jokes. Sometimes, like, man, that shit is written so funny, and you see it all the time with comics. Like, uh, like how you say something is not how you write it. At least for me, some okay. people are like amazing at that. They could they could write something and they could say it, and they're like, wow, I'm I'm more of a I don't know a blue collar guy. I, I kind of say things the way like I feel it. I don't necessarily have the best vocabulary, but it makes sense for me. You know? Sure, no, that totally makes sense. And the podcast has been keeping you sane as well during the pandemic, right? <laughs> Well, well, this, uh, well, before my co-host went to jail, um, mayhem, that was, that was yeah. a big issue there. Um, I know, but he's right? out now and I'm super happy he's out because, uh, and we talk about it on the show, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, when mayhem Miller is like healthy, um, and mentally focused and, uh, present and, you know, taking care of himself mentally, <laughs> physically, there's really nobody better. I mean, he's one of the best. He's so fucking charming and like. Like, you know, he, he's so prolific and you could ask him about anything and he's a great interviewer and he's a great human being and, and, the, and, and you want to be around him. There's a reason he became this fucking star. Of it course. wasn't an accident, you know, it wasn't an accident where he became a star when like there weren't many MMA stars, you know, I know. However, <laughs> you know, the yin and the yang when, you know, the lockdown was hard on a lot of people. And I think that right. he, um, he could speak for himself, but he wasn't getting the treatment he needed. He couldn't leave his house. Mm-hmm. He was in a toxic relationship. It was just all bad. Right. And um, and I saw it. And I personally saw it. And when you personally see your friend go through something, you can't do anything. They're not listening. And, mm-hmm. and a guy like him, it's like, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. I mean, and uh, it, 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 that was fucking painful. But it wasn't just him. I had, like, another friend who's, who's like, fiance or his girlfriend died of, of alcohol abuse. But, like, Shit. That, that was like he found her and they were in a bad they had broken up he came home and, found, and then another friend that like fell off the wagon and and i had so many friends during lockdown and it was just a it's, it was a really hard for comedians i think and i i tell i talk about this a little bit but like as a comic you know you give up a lot as a comic you give up I you know imagine. stability money yeah. you give up uh you give up relationships you know a lot of times and and i get it you know um because I've given up a lot of relationships. People, women were like me or comedy, and I, I chose comedy. Right. Um, and the fact that you're going to put me in that situation makes you going to want to choose comedy. Um, <laughs> you give up family, you know. Um, you give up kids. A lot of comics don't have kids because you're mm. like, I'll have kids once I make it. And you never, in your mind, make it, and you don't want to have kids. So you give up all this fucking shit, right? Wow. Uh, that That is really meaningful in life. I mean, it's like the greatest things in the world you're giving up. <laughs> I mean, kids and family and relationships. Sure. I'm not saying money comes and goes. You know, you argue that money, you know, it, it leads to happiness. That's a whole other fucking philosophy that I'm not, you know. But you, what you have at night is laughter. And the laughter that you're getting from a crowd is the most amazing feeling. Um, I've done 
I've done a lot of drugs. I've done, I've done every drug, but I've done a lot of drugs, and nothing compares to it. Really? Um, nothing Shit. compares to it. I mean, maybe winning championships in wrestling. You know, um, obviously okay. having my daughter, the feeling I get with my daughter, my, my marriage, my wife's times. But it's it's up there, man. Like you you get laughter, and it's just it goes through you. You're looking down. People are crying. People are thanking you afterwards. They're like, "Hey, I just had, I just found out that I had cancer yesterday. I need to laugh." And you fucking, or my my cousin died, or my husband died, or I haven't laughed like this. I mean, people tell me I haven't laughed like this since, since my, my like wife died. It's like wow. thank you, you know. And you're like, man, that this is what I'm, I'm, I'm fucking. This is why I'm put on this earth, you know. Sure. Like, uh, you're doing military shows, and you're going. I'm in fucking Africa and Europe, and soldiers are thanking you. Soldiers are thanking me. They're lining up to fucking thank me, Crazy. fucking soldiers. You know what I'm saying? So. That being said, pandemic happens, and that gets taken away from you. I mean, people don't want to do Zoom shows, for, uh, you know, or they're like, they're like that gets taken away. So now you're stuck with no fucking family and no uh, and no kid and no money. And then maybe you're getting money from the government, which now you just have money to fucking that just comes to you that you're like, oh, you know. Um, but it's yeah. not really like fuck you, money. It's money. Um, and then uh, and people fell apart, you know. And I'm not saying I would have or would have. I think having a family for me helped a lot. I had a, I had a three year old, two year old, so I can't afford to not be there for her. Um, and for my and I have, a, I have a wife who was working all the way through the pandemic. So you, you know, um, it, I was in a I was in a more blessed situation, but right. more fortunate situation. But I think a lot of people it was it was it brought out the worst of people. And mayhem, unfortunately, um, kind of fell into that category of somebody who just did not handle. Did it well, but at the same time, like I told him, everyone deserves a ninth chance, and um, <laughs> he's out, and uh, and he's coaching. I got him a job coaching. Oh, nice. I mean, he got himself a job, but he asked me to, you know, I, I hooked him up with a guy at a gym, who, and now he's coaching fight science in, uh, in L.A., so uh, I'm really happy for him. Oh, there you go. No, that's awesome to hear. And your other co-hosts, too. You've had a ton of co-hosts over the years. Okay, I don't want to really put you on the spot and ask you, per se, what's your favorite co-host of all time, but which is the one that was just the easiest to get along with, that you didn't have to put effort, always showed up, professional, all that stuff? I mean, Greg Wilson fucking kills me, dude. Like, he, like, he makes me laugh yeah. like no one. Like, <laughs> he, he's probably one of the funniest people on the, on the planet. Okay. I, I love him. He's, so, he's frustrating, too, but we have, like, a brother relationship, but, like... But I, I love the guy. Uh, Don Fry is like, <laughs> I mean, everything is a punchline with that dude. He's like, right. uh, I mean, he, he's like a walking 80s sitcom tough guy character. Mm-hmm. But he's also got the biggest heart. I mean, he'll call me after the show and be like, hey, if I offended this person, can you give my number? Tell him that I'm a big fan. Like he, oh, shit. 100%. Like, cool. He'll call me and be like, hey, you know, you you know, thinking about adopting. He'll tell me these like crazy heartfelt stories about like about his life, sure. and he's such a, a nice human being. He doesn't know what day it is sometimes, or, or what, like it's the hour is always off, or you know, his the Wi Fi doesn't work. But I mean, you talk about a guy, and there's really nothing. I like anytime anyone has a, anything happens because I want to keep everyone involved. Sure. So I'll, I'll be like, Don, have you ever? Oh, well, let me tell you, partner, uh, one time, you know, like he always can relate to whatever's going on, you know, uh, McCorkle fucking kills me. Um, <laughs> right. Another, another character and a half, but like also a really sweet guy. Yeah. Like, I think that McCorkle, um, is not the same person you see on Facebook, like, like ranting and getting into fights with people. And because in person you won't meet a nicer guy, uh, and, and he'll do anything for you. Well, I mean, he drove four hours to see my comedy set, and then somebody was picking wow. on a college, uh, one of our friends, and he threatened to murder the guy. Like, he stuck up for this guy. Like, he, he's such a good dude. Um, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, sometimes I have to separate, like, the politics from the person that I may not agree with from the person, you know? Um, yeah, makes sense. You know, I as much as, like, I'm going to get shit for this, like, I had a joke about how, you know, like, if my car broke down. Okay. I feel like a, a Republican would like uh, a conservative person would like stop and like help me. Uh, a Democrat would stop and tell me I should buy a, a hybrid. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm sure they would help me too. But I'm just saying a lot of yeah. I, I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of red states and I do a lot of mid- Midwest. I do a lot of shows for people that voted for Trump. And you know what are you doing afterwards? Want to come by for tomorrow for dinner? Hey. We, we brought you a snack or here's some weed or like, Hey man, like, uh, like there's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just a, sure. a, a different 
caliber. Maybe I don't look at their politics, but as far as like value, I don't, I, there's nothing I can say about people going, well, well, you, you think this is fun? I'm just saying that like a lot of these people are super nice. And I just because I don't agree with your politics doesn't mean that I don't like you as a person or I can't get along with you. Sure, sure. Uh, or or that we can't be friends. Okay. You know. No, it's, so. it completely makes sense. Of course, I, sometimes I th- now unless you're like a fucking serial killer or a rapist, then okay, like that you can't really be my friend. But I totally get it. Like it's one point of yeah. view versus another. In the end, if you're all trying to to get to the same point, who cares what path you take? Right. Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And another thing I've always wanted to know, you share your personal stories, your past sex stories and everything, being married, being all this, like, how does it like, okay, because I'm married and I've been married for 20 years and I'd be embarrassed as fuck to tell any of these stories, knowing that my wife or even potentially my kid eventually could listen to it. How do you do that? Uh, the kid is what I'm worried about the most, uh, but she's only three. So I have probably about another 10 years. Right. Um, and I think my kid, as long as I love her, and show her that like I'm the best father, and I teach her values, and and to be nice to people, she, I could understand that like I'm okay. a comedian. And I was saying this to make people laugh, you know. Um, that being said, maybe one day she'll be this like you know crazy feminist that will be like, "What the fuck, that you know?" And throw it <laughs> in my face. But you know, if that's the case, I, I think that I, I think she'll be all right. My my wife rolls her eyes, but she also knew going in like I was a lot dirtier of a comic, and I think. Uh, mm. I was a little more crass and rude when we first started dating. Okay. Then my act is actually, I would say it got softer. It just, it just changed. Of course. You know, and my wife knows that like I'm faithful to her and like I do my, I do my best in the relationship. Obviously I could do better in certain areas and, you know, couples counseling has helped me with that or will help with that in the future. But, you know, she knows what kind of person I am. So like what I find funny Mm. and what I actually do sometimes are two different things, you know? Um, And, and, and and these stories are not like, these stories are not like, well, every day I did fucking coke off some strippers' tits <laughs> and, and fucking had an orgy and then, you know, got, had a threesome. I mean, the reason I'm telling these stories is because they don't happen that often, you know? So that's why exactly. the stories, you know? Um, sometimes people, like, their lives are, like, mayhem. Like, we'll be like, hey, man, did you ever fucking kidnap someone? Yeah, I did. <laughs> like, I mean, like, literally, like, he'll just, like, every story is, you know, but... You know, my wife's cool. I mean, I think that it's actions versus words, you know. Um, and I, I also think that she kind of likes, a little bit likes that part. Like, I don't think she would like me if I was some fucking nerdy guy that never fucked anybody or in my life. And Or maybe she would, but I don't know. I think I, th- I think it's good to have differences, too, you know. Like, I think that yeah. uh, I did a podcast I used to have called Daddy Issues. We did with, I did with Dean McDermott oh, and Nick right. Paris. Yeah, yeah. And that was like... Way more up her, so she listened to every one of those. Okay, because but like she doesn't give a fuck about MMA. <laughs> like like so 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 a lot of those stories are hidden in the podcast, but she's not going to sit through the first five minutes of the fight last week to hear them. You know. Yeah, I know that totally makes sense. But was there even one story that you really got pissed off at you about that you could think of? Uh, no, I mean she got mad when we first started dating because I was, there was a comic that was like just like in shape comic, this like girl that I was giving comedy lessons to oh. and in exchange for, she was training me, but she would wear these like little fucking like midriffs. Like she, you know, so, and then I would like sometimes sky, I would like FaceTime or whatever. It was like Periscope sessions, you know, sure. cause the comments were hilarious. It was like in my, in my apartment. So we're dating and she's like, yeah, I don't really feel like comfortable with like this girl, you know, sitting on top of you going like, uh, you know, and plus we had like made out before we started dating. So oh she knew God. that was a little bit, yeah. So she wasn't thrilled about that, that kind Jeez. of shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, but for the most part, no, she doesn't, you know, it is like, you know, I t- I've told her so much shit about my life that, and, and, and that these stories sometimes they don't compare, mm. you know, like, like when I, when, when you tell someone that you've like partaken in orgies and like, you know, raw dog porn stars and, you know, found out that some girl that you were dating was a prostitute like, and had porn stars live with you. And you know, it's like, yeah. what is she going to say? Like, Oh, I did a Hooters where you just like, you know, like, she, <laughs> I, see what I think that's made, yeah. that may be the key is to just make it so fucking bad. Make the first story so bad. Everything else sounds kind of like, you know, make the first story a 10, not everything else is like a six or a five. No. Yeah. And then plus you'll, you're not going to have a midlife crisis cause you've already purged it out of your system. <laughs> That's that's a huge part. I mean, I think a lot of comics like they 
people, I think a lot of people, they focus on like money, money and success, money, mm. success. And then, uh, and they get the girl like somewhere in between and then, then they hit it big. And then all of a sudden they can't deal with like the newfound, they never got it. They never, they never fucked strippers or porn stars or chicks yeah. or had groupies or whatever. And had all of a sudden they had money and they're attractive and they're wearing suits and they got personal. And now they just cheat, you know, or they just, they can't handle it. Or, or you know, they, they read the wrong philosophies of people. And whereas me, I'm fucking, I'm tired. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to like, it's, it's not that I don't want to cheat. Everybody wants to cheat. I don't want to cheat on my wife. I just want, but I, if, I, if I told you, yeah, I only want to have sex with one person, I'd be lying to you. You know, that, that would be a lie. Those sure. people are dangerous. Don't listen to those people. <laughs> you know, it's just that I just want to not <laughs> hurt somebody. You right, know, I don't want to yeah. hurt, I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to fuck up my relationship. I don't want to fuck of up course. my family. It's not worth the, the money, the, the kids, the, the, the pain, the damage, like for that, for that, 12 seconds of like, you know, condom filled sex that I'd have, you know, it's just like, it's just not, it's not really worth it. It's, it's not worth it. You know? Um, so it's, and then she, and she knows that, like, I, I tell her that sometimes she'll be like, who's that girl that you took a picture with? Or else she like rolls her eyes on that. I'll be like, I'm like, you know, your value, Brie, like, mm. you, you know, your worth, like, you know, your worth. Like, what, what do you, what, what is this bullshit? Like, why would you even care? Like, and then she'll be like, I know. And she'll laugh. Like, <laughs> You know, when people know what they people know what they bring to the table, they're like, "Okay, you want to fuck this up? Like, fuck it up." But right. that's on you. You know? Yeah, no kidding. That totally makes sense. You got uh, time for a quick weird story of the week? Sure. Okay. Well, talking about sex orgies and all this. Okay, I don't know why this was taking place in Japan, but apparently, they could tell the size of your erect dick by comparing it to your nose. Did you know this? That's bullshit. And it, well, again, the study was in Japan, and they said, "Don't take this worldwide until ev- every sort of country does it." Because apparently, I don't know why, but they did it to corpses for some reason. I don't know how you could get a exactly right a, a corpse erect. First of all, all first of all, all Jews would be porn stars. Oh god! But aren't they? Since they're all circumcised. <laughs> No, no, and, and, and Ariel Hawani would be Mandingo. Uh, okay, so like, let's fucking come on. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, you know? uh, isn't it? Yeah, that's not true. I'm just, I mean, look, I'm not sure if Japan is the one that want to have a dick measuring contest anyway. Uh, to be totally honest, if we're not to be, uh, uh, but you know, so that's ridiculous. That's that, that's a ridiculous story. Um, so yeah, I don't believe that because then the, even the study goes further saying, OK, they also did another study quickly that apparently the perfect length of a penis to make a woman orgasm literally every time is eight inches. That's what they say. Anything less, anything more. It, it's not enough. It takes more time. But with an eight yeah, inch dick, you could do it. The guy who had the study was probably an eight inch dick. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's a fucking great way to be like, <laughs> eight, you know, eight inches and four centimeters is the perfect size dick. Wow, look at my dick. I mean, that's, I mean, come on. And to tie this all together. So to have the perfect dick at eight inches, your nose has to be a foot long. Your nose has to be, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, this whole thing is that's Right? That's ridiculous. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, uh, who knows? I, I you know, oh. listen. Yeah, but what, what you even in high school, didn't you guys have like uh, like those old wives' tales? Like whatever your the length I think of your elbow to your wrist, that's like your dick size, or the length from like if you make an yeah, L, I, I think that's like you bullshit. know what I mean? I mean, I, think, I honestly don't. I don't think that's. I think that's both. First of all, I'm I'm a grower, not a uh, not a shower. There you uh, go. My, myself, I'm, I'm I'm in that category. And I've okay. had girls go, whoa, like how did that come from there? So sure. I, the fact that like they're dead corpses, like how do you know even like? How are you getting corpses hard? Are you know, stretching man. it? Who's taking that survey? Isn't there fucking... Don't we have, like, COVID to worry about? Like, <laughs> shouldn't we be fucking worried about stri- the Delta strain, not dead people's dicks? Right. You know? And and if women want to get off, if women want to get off, there's ways they can do it without having the... Like, women can get off on a small dick, a big dick. It's really on the... Not on the woman, but it's... A lot of it is the woman. You sure. Know? So... Yeah, there all you kinds go. Of yeah. All right, Adam, I don't want to take up more of your time. Thank you. Plug your shit where people could find you upcoming. Anything you want to promote, go for it, man. Yeah, go to adamhuntercomedy.com. Um, my specials on UFC Fight Pass, new one coming out soon, but I don't know when. Um, and then uh, 
I have a, a, a pilot called Pinned. It's on my YouTube page. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything's great. Hey, listen, Steve, what, what part of Canada are you in? Toronto. You're in Toronto? Fuck, I'm going to Edmonton. I'm going to Edmonton and uh, I don't think you've ever performed in Toronto, right? No, I only do Fuck. Edmonton and Calgary. Like, I, I, like for some reason, I only do, like, but... Uh, Which is odd, because I think your MMA comedy would work, because MMA's a hotbed here, right? Get, I gotta do either... Well, Yuck Yucks is weird. Like, they only book Canadian comics, oh. or if you're a fucking huge star. Gotcha. Yuck Yucks, like, like they'll bring you in. Like, they'll bring Brendan Shalvin, you know, because he'll do, like, a, a one-nighter there. No, I'm saying that, like, Shalvin will draw. Sure. Like, look, say you want about Shalvin, the guy, like, you know, he's... There's different kinds of talents in the world. Uh... And, you know, so, you know, his talent was to, like, he, he's really good at figuring out what works and and, 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 do, and doing something like that. Sure. Me, I'm, I just figure out what I want to work. And <laughs> most stuff doesn't work. Uh, but, but figuring out what, whatever. He, he's on Yuck Yucks. I'm saying they bring in special events, right? Right. Um, and, uh, but then there's Absolute Comedy. Yes. Place called, and I'm trying to get booked there, but, like, uh, it's weird. I don't know. Who knows? So uh, if I'm in Toronto, I'll definitely let you know. But, no, uh, perfect. Thank you, brother. No, thank you. Okay, one last thing quickly. Sorry, I got to know because it was just announced. My dick? No, get the fuck out of here. It was just announced. Oscar De La Hoya versus Vitor Belfort. I need your thoughts quickly. Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to let, it's in Triller, which is no fucking testing. Mm-hmm. Everything's an exhibition. And I know for a fact there are people that have fought in Triller and were on all kinds of shit, oh, you know. Okay. Um, their managers told me. Sure. Uh, so you got to think Vitor is going to be juiced off the fucking gills. Is there a weight class? I mean, because oh. uh, if there's no weight class, then you got to go 220 Vitor versus De La Hoya for 147. That's right. So probably like 160 now. Let's say he's 160. So, so you got a 160 versus a 210. Yeah. And you got steroid out of his mind. Better shape. De La Hoya has been coked and drunk for the past fucking 20 years. I mean, granted, <laughs> granted though, he, um, granted he, has skills that will never go away. I mean, you can't be a gold medalist boxer and like what, like a seven time world champion. Yeah, no kidding. And and not have fucking skills. It's like it's like anything else. It's like he basically is like Jordan Burroughs, mm. you know, rest, wrestling a college wrestler. You're yeah. not gonna beat him in college wrestling. And any even if he's a fifty year old Jordan Burroughs mm-hmm. is gonna beat, you know, however a fifty, a fifty. Jordan Burroughs versus a guy who's roided out of his fucking mind, uh, who's also uh, got crazy power. Uh, who also, so I give De La Hoya, I give Belfort, Belfort two rounds. Okay. If he can't knock him out in two rounds, uh, De La Hoya wins. Well, makes sense. Uh, but but it's also a bigger glove. That bigger glove's a fucking huge factor, you know, because um, uh, it's, it's it's guys all of a sudden like it's like it's like a you don't hit as hard, and also the glove is a bigger target. Right. You know, like That's so. True. Ben Askren got hit by Jake Paul because he's not used to those fucking big gloves, and he has no head movement, mm-hmm. and now weighed him by thirty-five pounds. You know, um, there's a lot there. You know, uh, and and he's a horrible boxer. So that's like it's all kinds of shit. But who am I rooting for? I gotta say, De La Hoya in some weird fucking way. Really? I mean, shit. Cheater. Oh, was a cheater. Oh, I see what I you're mean, saying. He kicked fucking Bisbing's eye out of his fucking head. That's right. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, De La Hoya, as much of a coked up fucking <laughs> asshole as he is to people, he never cheated. I like, see what He you're never saying. took yeah. steroids or 27 times the amount of fucking steroids than everyone else. So I got to go for, I got to go for De La Hoya in this. It sucks because I don't like De La Hoya either. I just, I can't stand what Belfort did to these fighters like like in their prime right you know it's just, it's just like uh it's just a uh, like he's uh he's had some crazy stuff happen like his sister his sister was kidnapped like oh, wow. like i think i'm pretty sure she they have never found her uh and it Fuck. fucked him up and before his uh his fight with vanderlei he was like allegedly hiding under like a table oh no and they had to get him out yeah, yeah. and convince him to fight and then he knocked out vanderlei and like 38 seconds or something, you know? Mm. So he's, he's meant mentally, he's got some weird thing where like, you know, he's better than like, he thinks he is. He thinks he needs mm. the steroids. You know, it's just, who knows? So the, the point is, who knows? <laughs> well, Cause it juice up Vitor Belfort's a fucking scary man. I mean, like the scariest of men, <laughs> uh, but he's got to turn back time. Right. 
you know, but De La Hoya is 30 years back. It's just, it's just crazy that like, this is the only <laughs> sport now where people are just like, I'm now a boxer. Right. And like, it's basically like comedy. It's essentially what we've been dealing with as comics. Right. Where people are like, you know, I need some fucking money. No one's booking me on TV anymore. I know what I'll do. I'll become a comic. Mm. And then and then they get, they're a fucking draw. All these comics are like, what the fuck? You know? So it's essentially, that's what's happening now in, in these sports where people are like, you know what? I'm a name. I'll just fight an MMA guy. I mean, literally the last night, Shannon Briggs made about 40 posts calling out Rampage. Oh my God. Uh, he wants to box Rampage or Roy Nelson. Of course. Um, you know, <laughs> and people, and, and, I, and I'm like, well, that's a pretty fuck? good fight. I wonder, I wonder who, Wonder who wins? You know, like and then this blue face, the rapper fought last night, a, a fucking TikTok star. Yeah, I heard and about the, that. My God, the brawl afterwards. Uh, I mean, it's just like every everything. It's like Aaron Carter fought Lamar Odom. Yep. Now they're saying Lamar Odom is going to fight uh, Riddick Bowe. Oh, even better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the guy can't even fucking walk, but I still think he beats Lamar Odom. You know, it's just like everyone's just like, I'm a boxer. I'm, I'm a boxer, and I'm going to fight. It's, it's crazy, but uh, you know what though. I fucking love it because anytime there's a law on the podcast, I'm just like, so Jake Paul's fighting who's going to win? Like, 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 you know, it's a, sure. it's, a, it's a great talking point. It is. Because you're like, because first of all, you go, Riddick Bowe is fighting, uh, uh, whatever, Lamar Odom, and people go, what? First they go, what? Then they think you're kidding. And then they follow by, I don't know who wins that fight. So it's like you're getting three emotions in one question. I know. You're, you're not getting. Dillashaw versus Sandhagen. Who wins? Oh, it's a good fight because fucking Dillashaw. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting the huh? Like how old is that guy? Like yeah, and, then you're, and then you're and then you're remembering to a, the fucking pact when you saw Riddick Bow when he beat Galata or when Galata hit him in the balls twice and right. like it's bringing you back to a, a more pure time of your life pre COVID <laughs> and divorce and everything. So it's all kinds of shit, man. Oh but, my uh, god, that's awesome. All right, Adam. Thank you very much. I know you got to go, so you, take it easy. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you for being you, man. I love you, brother. Yeah, same here. Take it easy. So that's not the end of the podcast. Adam had to go. He didn't, couldn't give me too much time. But I made a phone call. Well, not a phone call. A Twitter call because that's what you do nowadays. You DM people. You don't text or talk to people anymore. Right? So I have enrolled the services of one of the best MMA journalists out there, James Lynch. How's it going? Thanks for having me back on. And uh, Adam's a great uh, guest, by the way. I went to one of his uh, shows in Vegas a couple of years ago. Great oh, okay. guy. So, uh, yeah, it's cool that uh, yeah you, you had him on the uh, same time you had me on. Yeah, yeah, because he, uh, he's been on before. Because it was funny because actually I was in L.A. a few years ago and I saw him do stand-up live as well, right? And then we connected down there. We got to know each other, whatever, whatnot. But he couldn't give me a one-on-one. But the funny thing is he was in L.A. and he flew up to Canada to perform. So I was in L.A. He was in Canada and we were doing the podcast via internet in our different countries. There you go. It's like bizarre world, right? right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Adam's the best. So obviously we ended off, myself and Adam, talking about Oscar De La Hoya and Vitor Belfort. But before we get into all that, how have you been doing? What's going on? What's been keeping you busy? What's up, man? Uh, just plugging away, doing a lot of interviews. Uh, you know, we have an off week uh, with the UFC, but even with that, yes. still plugging away with the interviews, uh, playing lots of golf uh, this summer, just, you know, keeping myself active. And I'm going to be a dad again in uh, September, so I'm excited about oh, that. Congrats. In, in a few weeks. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's great. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot, lot of excitement going around right now. So what is this, number two? Number two, and it's a boy, so there creating a little army here at the Lynch House. <laughs> so it's great. So, well, creating an army, you want more then? No, no, no. That's okay. Good. I'm good at two. Yeah, I should have prepped that. I just meant like the army. With the army of two is is good enough. So yeah, it's all good. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So yeah, celebrity fighting. Where do you stand on this as an actual legit MMA journalist? Are you nay? Are you pro? What's going on? Well, the journalist side of me is obviously like you know it's it's kind of watering down our coverage, but the content creator side of me loves it because the numbers are great. Um, I, I think there's a place for it. You know, there's a lot okay. of people up their nose at the whole, you know, for example, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley or Belfort and De La Hoya. To me, it's its own thing. I, I don't think people should equate it with everything else. Yes, it's part of the combat sports sphere, but right. it's, there's a demand for it. It's no different than in the 90s when we had celebrity boxing, right? I mean, True. if you go back and look at the television numbers back in the day, what drew the most numbers on Fox? It's celebrity boxing. Remember when China boxed and, you know, uh, Joey <laughs> Botafuco and, and all these that's different right. names, right? But that's people like, uh, you know, Dana White sort of talks about this. You know, if you're going down the street and you see four corners, someone playing football someone playing baseball someone playing hockey you probably didn't use hockey but i'll use the canadian version of it and of then course. you see someone getting 
fight, you're going to watch the fight. It's in our nature to watch it. So to see two notable celebrities go at it, it's fine. And I, I think it's great. You know, uh, you look at the Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones fight, right? For example, they had, um, you know, they, they had a YouTube uh, star on there as well uh, fighting. And, and that just drew more eyeballs into the card. It's getting a different audience, right? You got to remember right. that the celebrity of today is these YouTube stars. It's not, True. you know, back when we were growing up, it was, you know, movie stars. Now it's these YouTube stars. So I think it's its own thing. I think it's tapping into a different audience and I don't have an issue with it. I think it's great. So. Do you like the entertainment part? Do you like the mixing? Like, so, like, uh, the one I could always think about is the slap fighting where Ric Flair was pretty much the mediator. I don't know why he was there, but sure, that was fantastic in my opinion. And artists performing and musicians and stuff like that. Do you think that bears a place in there too or no? Totally. Triller's okay. doing all that stuff. Good, okay, good for okay. them. You know, because here's the thing. Like, Triller's its own thing, right? I don't put Triller in the same category as Showtime or ESPN or Top Rank or The Zone, I should say, in any sure. of these, uh, you know, uh, places that are doing, you know, traditional boxing. You know, you see the crowd, people are in suits and tie. That's not at a Triller event, right? It's a little bit different. Ray Flores, I talked to him right after that Askren and Paul fight. Okay. He's allowed to drink on air. I mean, it's just totally <laughs> off the rails. Yeah, and I think awesome. it's... Go all out. Listen, if you're going to go in a different direction, go all out. I'm all for it. I, I think it's entertainment and it's a bit of, you know, combat sports as well, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like again, the professional side of it, it's like, yeah, okay. It's sort of, you know, a shit show, so, so to speak, but again, the entertainment side. And isn't that what it's all about really in the end is the entertainment factor. It is. And, and that's something, I mean, we know, I mean, look, look how many people complain about the UFC and how they don't market their fighters. Thank enough. You. Part of it is just the fact that there's just not a lot of stars, not a lot of good self-promoters. Not, you can't clone Conor McGregor and make him, you know, over and over again. You can have great, you know, athletes, but that's not the same as, as what draws people in. So I, I think, you know, I think it's good. I mean, look, I, I said this as a joke earlier, you know, I didn't have Jake Paul on my bingo card this year for leading the charge in <laughs> fighter pay. You know, it's just, right? hey, we're seeing all types of things. And he's right. I mean, these guys are underpaid, but it's also about the demand as well right like you know if you want to if you want to make a lot of money there's got to be demand there the numbers have got to add up so I, I see both sides of it but i i'm all about you know again if, if there's the entertainment side of it it's going to bring more of an audience to watch combat sports i'm fine with it do you think it's dangerous now that showtime's dipping their toe and this sort of celebrity fighting too as long as they're not doing it, as, as long as, for example, they're not having like a big card and like a Jake Paul's headlining over that, you know, legit fighter. Okay. I think I think That's you're fair. fine there. You know, it's it kind of goes along the same lines of CM Punk being on a UFC pay per view over, you know, some fighter who's True. actually trained and, and you know, not CM Punk's trained, but you know what I'm saying, someone yeah. that's actually earned their spot in the UFC. So I don't really have an issue with it. Um, I, my, mind you, like the CM Punk thing, I actually I kind of do have that. I mean, my thing with CM Punk is they could have just used him on a UFC Fight Pass card and still got the you know the notoriety. Mm-hmm and all that as well but once you put the ufc name on there that does mark the waters a little bit so that's a little bit different for me but you know like i said if you're doing a showtime card where jake paul's on the card and there's not a lot of like big name superstars on that card as well that aren't you know uh being impacted by it i, I don't have a problem with it now we've all we've of, of course there's been so many fights now we've seen it it's always been lopsided it's always one person taking someone out or one person always bombarding whatever whatever do you think it'll ever be like fair like because even in the ufc the first one i could think of was wasn't it what james tony versus randy Couture? Right. And that was lopsided. Like you took him down game over. That's it. It was just, it wasn't even a fight. Right. So do you think it will ever reach that level where it could be competitive for both fighters? I mean, this day and age, like, I, I, Jake Paul might be Tyron Woodley. Like, to be honest, Shit. like, it's really, if you think about it, you know, Paul's been spending the last, what, three, four years training boxing 100%. Woodley Shit. last year was in the UFC, right? Like, he yeah. was training everything. So you're not focused on that one area. I, I just think that, um, you know, we're, we're going to get to a point where someone's going to be able to, I mean, because, look, we, we there's so much information out there now. There's so many resources, yeah. especially someone like Jake, who's so loaded. Like, he can get the best trainers in there and really work on his craft. So, and he was an athlete even before he did the youtube stuff so i, I think that's something we got to consider so to answer your long-winded uh, answer uh <laughs> yes i think i think we can see some competitiveness okay that's cool okay now in a perfect world if you could match up two celebrities in their primes to fight each other who would you want to see joe rogan and wesley snipes what really that's yeah. interesting I, I'm intrigued. I mean, Rogan does sure. have a background in Taekwondo. Of course. Wesley Snipes, as far as I know, has this. And that was apparently a, a rumored fight. But can you imagine if that oh. had taken place back in the day? The type of, you know, if Rogan had actually taken an MMA fight, how much different, you know, people would sort of view him, I think. I don't know. I just think, like, that's one I think that just, I don't know, because you asked me right away. That was the first one that popped sure. in my head. Sure, if I dug a little bit deeper, I could get a little bit more in there. You know, The Rock, I mean, how would he do in an MMA fight? I was thinking that's of actually, that too. I, I have a. Um, I do a pros picks uh, series on my channel. And that's one of the questions I ask is what celebrity 
would you like to see take an MMA fight? Right. And you get all types of answers. I had Snoop Dogg. I had Eminem. You know, just like different uh, <laughs> celebrities just to see how they that. do in the cage. You know, John Cena. You know, who, who knows, right? That's right. Because the one, again, being an 80s baby, watching 90s action stars growing up, I w- I'd love to see Arnold versus Stallone in their primes in a cage, something. Just to see, because again, those were the biggest, like, okay, maybe they can't fight or whatnot, but just to see what would happen. <laughs> How about Van Damme? Put Van Damme in a, in a martial arts fight. You know, you people don't know that, uh, Bloodsport's my favorite movie, by the way. Just have to preface this before I get into what I'm about to tell Love you. Love Van Damme's a, uh, he was a ballet dancer. A lot know, of people right? don't know that. He didn't have any martial arts training and nope. went in right into that movie and did it. So that's how he was able to do all those moves. But uh, can you imagine if Van Damme had just picked up a little bit and then, you know, went into Chuck Norris? How would he do in an MMA that's fight? Like, true. these are, these, dude, we could do a whole podcast on this. The Bruce Lee! Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, Bruce, yeah, exactly. Bruce Lee. Just I mean, smart. there's so many different options, right? Like, it'd oh be crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, which, one, which one are you actually looking forward to, Celebrity Fight, that's been announced? Are you actually looking forward to one? Paul and Woodley, for sure. Okay. If we want to count that as one. Um, I am just because I am intrigued to see if Woodley has done enough. I and mean, he was working with Mayweather. Has he done enough to go out there and defeat a guy like Jake Paul? Because here's the thing people forget. And, mm. and the thing where I think people get confused here. Tyron Woodley's last TKO win, the last knockout win was when he won the title against Robbie Lawler. That was ages ago. Does that Woodley still exist? Does oh, he possess the power to knock true. people out? I feel like a lot of people are confused by that because you look at the resume and they go, oh, well, he knocked out Robbie Lawler. And it's such a weird circumstance because Lawler has never been, hasn't been knocked out since then, right? So of it's kind of like, okay, well, does he possess it? Or has Woodley declined enough that that Woodley doesn't exist anymore? I want to know that answer. We're only going to find that answer out when he fights Jake Paul. And look, I know Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren. Ben Askren, not exactly a striker, but still, there's that intrigue of a younger, bigger guy, trains boxing for three straight years. Can he do it? I'm so intrigued by that. I think, I think I'm way more interested in that than Delahoy and Belfort, to be completely honest. You know what? That is, but you know what? Again, not to make fun or belittle the two performers but everyone's looking for that crash like you know what i mean is de la jolla gonna show up the same de la jolla that was on thriller like all over the place and loopy is belfort gonna show up all you know on whatever substances he used to take back in the day too right so who knows what could happen in that fight I think that's going to end up more like Chuck and Tito uh, did in their in their oh, uh, one-off fight. I, I think true. that's what it's, it's going to look kind of kind of sad because let, let's get real here. Tito Ortiz, how many knockout straight knockout wins did this guy have in his career? He had a lot of ground and pound TKO wins, true. but how many like you know wins did he have where he knocked the guy down and you know and finished them? Not many, right? It's usually he would wrestle, take the guy down, and finish him. The fact that he landed a shot on Chuck of all people and Chuck dropped shows you how far gone Chuck Liddell's chin is at this point in his career. And I, I love Chuck. I mean, I mean nothing but respect by saying that, but like. I just I, I think I think the Belfort um, Delahoy fights is going to end up more like that than than it would be say you know Del, uh, Tyson and, um, and jo- Jones for example. How about celebrity MMA fights? Do you think that'll ever happen? I mean, it's just so much more you got you got to train, right? At least with boxing, you're just only training stand up, right? True. MMA, you got jujitsu. Like you could have a guy. I mean, it just goes back to the old UFC. You could have a guy who, let's say, he doesn't train any striking, does wrestling and jujitsu. Yeah. He might fight a guy who thinks he's going to strike with him. He gets the first takedown and submits him. Like that could happen. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I, I would watch it just for. You know the intrigue of, of whatever, but uh, yeah, there's always going to be celebrity boxing. Like these people who want to get rid of it, it's never going away. So yeah, I, I would watch it absolutely. It's so true because it's funny. Comedians say it all the time. Comedians want to be badasses, and uh, uh, fighters want to be comedians, and celebrities want to feel badass too. Like you know what I mean? So it's always they want to feel what the other person is in that celebrity realm. It's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, it's true. There's a lot of a lot of parallel par- uh, parallels there, right? It's it's kind of interesting. How about like basketball players like Lamar Odom? <laughs> Aaron Carter, I'll watch that. Why not? I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way and pay like whatever. I don't know how much the pay per view is, sure. but I'll catch the highlights. I'll catch the replay. You know, I, that's fine with me. I would go pay for Paul and Woodley because I do think that is interesting enough to to, to watch. But um, yeah, like the stuff because you're just it's a crapshoot, right? Like with with uh, Aaron Carter and, and Odom, right? Like it's I mean, didn't Odom win the last fight anyways? Like what what? Yeah. It's it's going to be two unskilled guys. Like I'm not going to pay to watch two unskilled guys fight. Whereas sense. at least with Paul and Woodley, they're putting the time in, right? Well, speaking of skill, guys, what about like current UFC crop and stuff like that? You said it's on the layoff. What are you looking forward to in the next? Well, I think UFC's off for like two weeks, no? 
just one week, uh, okay, week okay. after is Cannoneer and uh, and Calvin Gaston. There uh, there's so many good fights. I was just going through this actually in an interview today. Okay. Um, let's start with. I mean, let's let's start with. We've got Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori, right? Oof. That's an amazing fight. Darren Till and Derek Brunson. That's a great fight. Yep. We've got Usman and Covington. I love that rematch. So much going into that. I'm an old school pro wrestling guy, so to you know to see that that you know the rivalry <laughs> and the storyline going into that fight. Sure. There's a lot of. I mean, if Colby loses, it's going to be devastating. If Colby wins, the division's going to be turned upside down. There's so much intrigue with that as well. Um, you've got Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. You've got, um, you know, uh, Gaethje and Chandler. My goodness, how great is that fight? Two guys who are basically clones of each other. Uh, right. Both fought in de- separate organizations for years. It's a dream fight. Now we're getting it all these years later. I mean, there's so many good fights the UFC has booked together. And that's not even including fights that will probably get booked at some point, including uh, Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya, the rematch. We've Ooh. got Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. That's Francis right. Ngannou and Cyril Gaon. I mean, yes. that's a fun fight just to see what Gaon can do to this guy because this guy's, you know, totally uh, going against every conventional wisdom. The guy's got 10 fights and he's a UFC champion, Cyril Gaon. And, and to, you know, finish Lewis the way he did, just uh, there's so many intriguing fights coming up here. I can't wait. Yeah, but do you honestly think Gaon has a chance? Because I'm sorry. I do. You do? Really? Wow. I do. I do. As good as Francis looked against Stipe, okay. Gaon is one of those guys that because he hasn't lost and because he hasn't even been in danger in any of the fights he's sure. had, there's that intrigue factor that in, in some ways he can be a little bit reckless if he, if he wants to because like okay. at this point he's never been in danger. So that's and, and if you're like that, that can either hurt you and make a mistake or that can give you that little extra oomph in the fight and, and maybe get a win here. But I mean, obviously if I'm picking the fight, I'm going to pick Francis, but I think Gaon, okay. with what he showed against Lewis and especially against Volkov, I think he's got the potential to do something crazy here so we'll see we'll see it's a very interesting fight well depending on the odds if the odds are stacked against them that would be a good bet they, to take, they are right? they are out right now actually uh, FanDuel, i saw have the odds out okay. uh, uh gone or sorry Derek Lewis, or Derek Lewis. i'm getting all my names mixed <laughs> up here francis naganu slight favorite not right. by much i think it was like a minus 160 oh, and that's uh, gone okay. the underdog just slightly yeah okay so, so yeah i would probably go with Nganu in that case how about the john bones jones factor do you think he's going to come into heavyweight or not I, I do, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think he has to. I think they'll figure out what, what's what's going to happen there. Um, I'll say this, though. I think if Cyril Gaon beats Naganu, I don't know if that's a fight John wants. Not because he's scared. Let's get that out of the way. It's sure. because that's not really a big money fight. Like, Gaon just won the title. He's just getting, you know, familiar with fans. If Naganu wins, it's such a bigger fight. And I think that's part of the reason that Jones moved up. Look, had, you know, people are like, why would Jones move up? Well, look, look who he would have had to fight after the fact. Jan Blakovich. Love the guy. Not a huge superstar, so to speak. Yeah. Um, who else is in the wings? You've got Yuri Perhaska. You've got all these other guys on the come up Alexander Rakic those aren't big names like Naganu and Stipe and I just yeah, think that the true. money fights the fights that really are going to get John that bigger paycheck are in heavyweight which is why he moved up um, so that, that's that's sort of my theory on, on everything see but isn't that the problem now in current UFC crop where there's not really that one big draw anymore like or multiple draws like it was back in the day um, I, I think it's it's a combination of things. I think uh, the sports changed. I think we're doing too many cards. I mean, we okay. could do a whole podcast on that of how the, the, well, the product too. is saturated. Yes, you know where where um, you know you're, you're really and this happens at least once a month, uh, maybe not once a month, once every couple months. Okay. You see a fighter that gets in the UFC that gets destroyed. That, that's either taking a short notice fight or they've gotten yeah. you know brought in a little bit early. Like it's it's just watered down. There's too many cards. You remember? You know this. I mean, watch watching you know UFC even from like ten years ago. Right. Do you remember getting so excited for a paper? the anticipation remember that doing ufc uh, not countdown prime time that old show they used to do these i used to watch everything i used to watch the prelims the pre-prelims everything it was a whole event man prelims used to be on facebook like it was so much different back then where there was an anticipation and now it's like i'm looking forward to not having ufc this weekend just to get uh, catch my saying. breath and go into the next stretch here so i feel like yep. that's also played a role in the ufc's inability to create these new stars because there's just it's hard to keep track i cover the sport full-time i have a hard time keeping track of every fighter on the roster so it just goes no to show kidding. that i think it's it's become a little too saturated in my opinion yeah but do you think also the factor of the internet obviously blowing up and so many other factors out there in other sports and even like in pro as much as people don't think pro wrestling and MMA going hand in hand like even myself I'm both fans so if there's an event if there's a wrestling pay-per-view on versus a UFC pay-per-view and the card's not stacked I'm watching wrestling so they already lost me so do you think that factors into all that and why they they're drowning course, the market yeah, you, 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 there, there has to be a reason to be interesting it can't just be this fighter looks good on paper or whatever there's got to be a little bit extra you know like I think you look at some of the great rivalries over the year you remember Tito and Ken back in the day Ooh, like how of much course. of a good rivalry that was like that those fights didn't even end up being that good uh, you know the second and third fights but the build up to that like BJ Penn and George St. Pierre like you just yeah. having these rivals it's just we don't see a lot of that um, like, like, look, 
Nagano and Gone, I mean, that'll be a nice storyline. They did train briefly together. You sure. can play that angle up a little bit, but I don't know. It doesn't hold the same as like, like Usman and Covington is probably the closest thing we have to, to the old school sort of UFC rivalry and build up. But outside sure. of that, I mean, there's good fights, but is there good storylines? That's my question. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, do you think they should push fighters to make their own storylines or do you want it organically? It's got to be organic. It can't okay. be, you know, you can't force it here a little bit. Uh, I will say this, like something like, for example, I thought Ortega and Volkanovski you know, as tough coaches. I mean, I, I, I figured that would be kind of bland, but they really don't like each other. Like I can really? tell I've done okay. enough interviews where I can see where people are really not, you know, upset with each other. And, and there's some serious heat there. So that in itself was something the UFC probably didn't expect. And that's going to make that fight more interesting. Because guess what? That fight on paper is so, that's what I missed, by the way. That's a really good fight yeah. uh, that's coming up. 50-50 fight. Yeah. Um, and now it's got that little added bit of they don't like each other that's the type of stuff i like so yeah to answer your question it's got to be organic okay that's cool okay now speaking of tough th- there's another series i stopped watching because it was just it was the same thing over and over i i didn't even hop on this series like, it was to the point where even my wife would watch it because she would love what was going on during the house and all that stuff right so how is it this season is it back to the way it was is it different do you enjoy you're it you're asking the wrong guy because i'll tell you what i pee oh, the episodes i haven't no, no 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 it's fine it's fine i kind okay. of alluded that i had watched it i'm really? just this is the clips i've seen on, okay. online but gotcha. um no i haven't watched the show either and you don't want to know why because mm. it's there's too much going on man like we've See? got this yes. we've got pfl we've got bellator we've got that's like right, there's just a tough fitting tough in there if they were to just do the fights i'd probably tune in that's that's kind of what i'm going to do is i pvr them all okay. i will go watch at the end catch up on all the fights and get up to speed before the finale but i don't need to see i mean it's the same stale format over and over again and on top of that back you know why the ultimate fighter was successful back in the day because mm. it was the only thing where you could see prospects you go on ufc fight pass you've got a Ooh. regional event every week that you can watch titan you know, uh, CFFC, there's so many events now. Yes. And I don't even know if you're getting the best fighters on there necessarily because it's got to be personality as well. They're, they're factoring that in as opposed to having some of the best fighters. So I think the format's a bit stale. Mm. I like the comeback seasons when they bring like old vets because at least you, you want to see them, you know, come back and succeed. Sure. I like the team versus team format they did a couple of years ago with Black Zillions, now uh, Sanford MMA to American Top Team. Right. That's the type of stuff that where it adds a little bit more intrigue, but just like a plain old season, I don't know. It's like, unless there's a few fighters I knew on the show, but outside of that, it's not really drawn me in to watch the same format of oh some guy got drunk he regrets it how's he going to perform in the cage like we've, we've seen this a million times it's right? so true isn't that why they brought the contender series to be anyways exactly right? and that and contender series works you want you, the reason contender series works is it's tuesday nights it's short there's four mm. fights someone's going to get a contract someone isn't that that I, like i think they should just stick with that honestly i think the ultimate fighter is a, a stale format at this point so now the big question what are you going to do with all this free time that there's nothing going on this weekend <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Probably just, uh, you know, spend time with my family. Just take the Saturday night off. Maybe catch up on some movies or TV shows I haven't seen. Um, you know, it's the summer, so no hockey on. That would be my alternative is, okay. is checking out some hockey. But, uh, yeah, probably just take it easy and probably enjoy what's left of summer. It's going to wrap up here pretty quickly. So, um, you know, probably get some barbecuing or something. We're getting – we were talking off air about the heat wave. It's it's uh, pretty pretty warm out here. So just, you know, just enjoy it and not do any MMA work. Uh, you know, because even last weekend, like we had the pay-per-view. Usually I do a live stream that night. So I am sort of working that night so it's uh it's nice to just get a little little breather in between here and not complaining love my job but just it's nice to have a little break every day. No, of course of course it is now i gotta ask too what do you put on your barbecue my friend I like a lot of like hot stuff. So if I can get oh. some spices on there, like some, uh, you know, some, some, some hot rub or something like that. I, right. I like, you know, give me, give me some peppers, give me some, uh, you know, whatever it is, if it's ribs, if it's steak, if it's chicken, get me some spice in there. Really, really, really enjoy that. My steak, I like medium rare. I'm also a bit picky about my steak. Like I like getting like the good quality steak. Like, I don't know why more people don't do this. I'm not the guy okay. looking in the grocery store for the cheap steak. I'll go to like a nice butcher, sure. grass fed, like good quality steak. Cause there's a huge difference. There like is. a good steak. Honestly, you don't need to put any sauce on there. I know I just mentioned the rub and all that, but I'll tell you <laughs> what you do is you, if you want to put the rub on and marinate it, that's fine. You usually don't have time to do that. Right. If I get a little bit of hot sauce on the side, I'll put that in just if I want the option. I like having the option, but a good steak needs a little bit of salt. Just a lot of good loving on that barbecue, and it tastes good to me. So that's good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, now one thing I, I want to know too. Before you got into the whole MMA journalism and all that, and you were watching UFC as strictly a fan, who were some of your favorites? You knew who got me in because the first season of The Ultimate Fighter, Chris Liebman was actually someone oh, that really, um, okay. really was like, I was kind of interested in the storyline. He was kind of like, a, kind of got painted as a bad guy in the show, and, and rightfully so. He did a lot of stupid things. But sure. that, that first season, I don't know what it is, man, it's, it's what got me into watching the UFC. I get very nostalgic about it because, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just cool to see, uh, you know, how the, all these fighters went on to do different things. And, um, it's uh yeah that, that was probably early on but i'll be honest i really like nick diaz early on i'm not that much of a nick diaz fan these days because 
he's just the same fighter. And I, I, you know, I'm one of the few, and again, this is something I could probably go on a lot about, but I did not like the Anderson Silva fight. I mean, this is a legend. You're talking about the guy not engaging with you. And then he's, you know, making all these excuses and stuff like just, sure. I wish Nick Diaz would have ele- elevated his game. But I remember back then, I remember the fight he had with Diego Sanchez. As an yes. example. That build up to that fight, that fight itself was so interesting. And that's when Diaz had his first stint in the UFC. It was very interesting to me. And uh, yeah, so Nick Diaz and Lehman and, um, you know, I like Rich Franklin when he was middleweight champion. Oof. Like we're going way back here, but those are those are some ones that really sort of gravitated me towards the sport. Did you and watch- GSP? Obviously, oh, can't forget GSP. Sorry. I was going to say, well, of course, GSP. How about uh, Pride? Were you into Pride back in the day? Of course, yeah. Okay. Really liked uh, that. That um, who, who can forget the Dan Henderson and Vandalay Silva fight Oof. that took place on one of the last Pride events with the knockout in the end with Henderson. Um, yeah. There was that that card that they had that was in the states that was so stacked. If you look at the undercard, some of the names that were on. Remember, like Mac Danzig fought on that card. Like it's just crazy to see I all know. the names that like went through uh, and ended up competing on there. Of course, still I think to this day the biggest upset from an odds perspective okay. in MMA history was so could you knocking a little nod. Do you remember that? Yes, it was that much of an upset. I didn't think it was. I, I want to say it was like almost like a minus ten thousand, like something crazy, like not even minus one thousand, like a right. minus ten thousand up. It was crazy, like the odds yes. of him winning because uh, so could you only had a couple fights, right? And here he is fighting this experienced vet and little nog, and yeah, it was just it was crazy what happened. That's true because then after that, little nog didn't fight for a while, and then he showed up in the UFC, right? Exactly. Yeah, some time off. I mean, that's sort of the theme of his career is that he never he didn't fight that much. But uh, yeah, that was that was a crazy upset. And then remember, he, so could you did that the the fight after against Ricardo Arona? That's right. Oh my God! This is now the, all the memories are coming. And so could you's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Or no? I don't think so. No, because he went to the UFC and he was a bust. Remember his oh. debut? They gave him Machida, which I don't understand the matchmaking there. Maybe they thought one of these guys is going to be good. Of course, Machida would go on to be a UFC champion. But so could you. He's on your list of, of, of I, I hate to say it, maybe one of the busts. But although saying that, like he kind of came out of nowhere. I think it was just one of those flash in the pans. He's like the he's like Houston Alexander, same thing. Ah, uh, see, but that's the thing that I didn't like about the UFC back in the day. When they would acquire these big names from the other organizations, they'd match them up right away instead of build them up and be like, you know what I mean? So a lot of these guys who were killing it in Pride or in, and even in Bellator when they came over sometimes, like you said, they become a, a bust because they feed them to the sharks. Well, I think they should have done the opposite. Like here, Krokop's a good example, right? Okay. They, they, for whatever reason, they kept building up Krokop. And remember, they gave uh, him Gabriel Gonzaga, and then yes. Gonzaga Krokopped him. Yeah, yeah. Um, we never got to see Krokop and Randy Couture. Like that's the one, you know, that's one that was really disappointing that happened. Um, there's a few others I'm just trying to remember. Like, you know, with Bellator, like we never got to see Hector Lombard fight for a UFC title. Like, Perfect example. I would have yeah. been okay with, you remember, Lombard had that terrible fight with Tim Boach in Calgary, yeah. which might go down as one of the worst cards in UFC history in terms of injuries and everything that unfolded. But uh, yeah, like, like those are some ones that I, I kind of think hey you know what just give like Gilbert Melendez got an immediate title shot when he came in the UFC I don't know why uh, some of these guys didn't but uh, I can understand the merit part you know different organizations but yeah uh, yeah so yeah to answer your question um, there were there were a lot of interesting fights uh, for with uh, some of the fighters that came over well speaking of Hector Lombard before we get to plug our shit and we get out of here quickly what do you think of uh, bare knuckle boxing so I'm not like a uh, okay. I'm gonna say this in a polite way. Okay. I I don't like I don't extensively like follow it or cover it. I don't really do any bare knuckle interviews. It's sure. not. I'm not a big fan. I'll be honest. Like okay. uh, to me, it's a lot of. Unfortunately, you're seeing a lot of the fighters that probably shouldn't be fighting anymore over there. I mm. you know if you want to get paid like Paige Van Zandt, you want to get your paycheck. Good for you. I'm never gonna be the guy who says don't get paid sure. more. But I just don't like. It's just I don't know what it is. I just haven't. It hasn't caught my attention. Like I will catch mm. the replay, but I've not actually purchased a card or yeah, you know, sat down and watched. It. I haven't gone out of my way to cover it. It's yeah. just not not for me. I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of damage. A lot of you know, a lot of and, and just like I said, Chad Mendes is over there now. Like, what's he doing? Oof. I know he's getting a good paycheck, but like, what you know, you're a wrestler going to bare knuckle. It's like I don't know. Like I always think like. Yeah, Paige Van Zandt, good for her. She got the money she got, but she sure. could have gone to Bellator. They could have built her up as a flyweight in their you know kind of division. That's you know they got this champion Juliana Velasquez, who's really not like that household name. And mm-hmm. Paige could have been that fighter to at least fight her and give her that push. But I don't know. I think that might have been a bad move on her part. Paige now zero and two, and uh, yeah. So I again, I don't have an issue with it. I just don't go out of my way to watch it or cover it. You know what I really hope that comes out of all this, where like the thriller people giving out money and bare knuckle boxing giving out all this cash that eventually all the MMA fighters get to this level. Too and everything is normal or where it should be at least like, like boxing where it's about the fighter the fighter builds the card you know you get Paige Van Zandt on a card and you build the card around her I, if Paige Van Zandt was doing MMA and she worked for it wasn't bare knuckle and it was its own thing I probably would watch because I'd be like well how's See? Paige going to do and you know they tried that with the Oscar De La Hoya promotion remember the whole like Tito uh, building the card with him and Chuck Liddell like right. that was fine to me but um, I don't know it's tough because yeah. a lot of these fighters don't have leverage in terms of the money they can demand and the viewership 
it would have to take like a McGregor type fighter to go do that. And the UFC has got those ironclad contracts that makes it nearly impossible. Sure. Like we just saw with George St. Pierre, he couldn't even box out to De La Hoya. He's not even fighting right? for them anymore. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, it's been a blast catching up on MMA news and whatnot. Plug your shit where people can find you up and coming stuff. Floor is all yours, my friend. Uh, at Lynch on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, youtube.com slash Lynch on Sports. I work for a ton of different outlets, but all my content is on playlists on my YouTube channel, so you can find all that there. And more importantly, man, thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure. Might be going to Toronto this this holiday oh. season. We'll see with the COVID stuff. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll see if we can link up. I don't know. i got to do some family stuff, but just throwing it out there. I always love going back to Toronto. I lived there for like 10 years, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's awesome. And for myself, you can find me on <clears throat> Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments. Anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them all, most definitely helps me out. And the most important thing, please, each and every week, anytime you listen, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Yes, it's been a blast. Thank you very much, James. Can't wait to catch up once again. And yes, most definitely come December if you're in town. We will link up if you have the time. Love it. Appreciate it, buddy. On that note, he was Adam. He's James. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>